The Unexplainers Extra! Welcome back to another instalment of The Unexplainers Extra, the podcast that gives you... And then Mike say extra. Extra, extra. Hello, hello, Unexplainians. Hello, fans of the show. Hello, fans of John and I. You've got fantastic taste. But basically, if you want to know anything about the Unexplainers, then just Google the Unexplainers. You'll see our website, theunexplainers.com. You'll see our Facebook page, our Twitter account. You'll see the links to the Unexplainers Extra podcast, which this is. And you'll see the BBC Wales homepage for the show. Yeah, all the details are there. Uh, If you don't get around to doing that, it will eventually filter down to this podcast. Until then, we're going to give you these extra podcast shows that put in extra bits that we couldn't fit in the big polished posh series. This is for all of you real fans. This is this is the the this is the what can we call it, John? Um, The nuggets. Yeah, this is the nugget. These are the nuggets. The clags. The yeah. clags. This is these are the clags of information. Yeah, not, if you if you don't know the colloquial term clag, then you probably best you don't know that. Yeah. So this is just a, this is a, an accompaniment to the show. We're going to go behind the scenes. We reveal. Uh, funny enough, John, this episode. Mm. Uh, I think I can tell you the name of it. Can I? Then is it? Yeah. Then the the this episode was called the Night of the Triangles, which is about without giving it away, mm-hmm. about an incident in Swansea. Yeah. In the early eighties regarding UFO sightings or multiple sightings mm. and without going into too much detail as I said this one we did discover some genuinely fascinating results yeah. and something that I don't think anyone investigating this particular incident has ever thought of before or come across before well this is interesting because normally Mike will just shoot me down in flames um, I want to believe everything and I believe everything is real Mike will normally shoot me down in flames but this was particularly interesting we will talk today specifically about experiences with strange lights if you love if you love ufos or, and you're from the pro or the or the anti-ufo camp this episode in particular yeah is going to blow your socks off yeah so what i've done is i've compiled some interesting stories and news um regarding lights in the sky that we couldn't get into the master show i call mm. it the master show yeah ms uh, ms um and i'm going to drop them on mike and we're going to see how believable mike finds these Case studies that I found. First up, what do you think, as a non-believer, lights in the sky are? So lights in the sky normally are going to be things like gases, like aircraft, like planes, like comets, like meteors, like reflections, like uh, street lights. Yeah. Ne'er-do-wells with with laser pointers. Okay. So you think there's a pretty... Your stance is that there's always going to be a pretty standard... Let's just say before this show... Yeah. I was convinced there was always a mundane explanation for them. Okay. Have you ever seen a film called Mac and Me? Mac and Me is like, it, was, it wasn't like a, like a, it was basically, it was it was an E.T. The, the, I mean, five or six years after E.T., they brought out a rip-off E.T. Yeah. yeah. Although, you know, very much in keeping with, with our editorial stance, mm-hmm. I both love and hate Mac and Me. Which is great, because I think it's right to love and hate something at the same time. That way you can't offend anyone, and that way you can draw more listeners into what is probably one of the greatest mystery podcasts on the internet at the moment. I'm just reading a little thing on Wikipedia. No, Wikipedia is not always right about things, obviously. Um, but it says that Mac and Me was based on the original working title for E.T., which is E.T. and Me. Uh, some have considered it to be, and this is my, not my words, this is the words of Wikipedia. Yeah. Some have considered Mac and Me to be one of the worst films ever made. Hmm. Those people... Although are, it's there, it has become a cult classic. I know you're a big fan of the film. That's your stance on the UFO. That's your stance on uh, alien life. Hopefully some of these stories will change your mind. Strange lights over funeral. Strange lights sighted over funeral. Mm. Now, these are two interesting things because a funeral is a passing over to the other side where you could become a ghost. Well, it's a death, yeah. And strange lights are UFOs. Bereaved family witnessed terrifying ordeal at funeral of World War II veteran. Oh, 
Okay, go on. A, f- a family celebrating the death of a World War II. Celebrating. That'd be, if, you, if, you want, if you feel the need to go to funerals and celebrate, John, then that's, that is... That's, some, some cultures around the world take that's your concern. a different view on death. In some countries, it's, it's um, logical to wear white at the time of a funeral instead of black, which is what we wear in this country quite a lot. Mm. A family celebrating the death of a World War II flying ace had to duck for cover after a glowing orb descended from the heavens and carted off the coffin of a 112-year-old grandfather of 60 and World War II flying ace, George Fast Propeller Hibbert. Notwithstanding he was 112, was his nickname Fast Propeller? Yeah. He was known as the fact, yeah. As, yeah, George Fast Propeller. George Fast Propeller. So if he died, was this this year? It was like literally a month ago. So he, he was born in 1905. Mm. All right. He'd have been 34 when the war started. Yeah. I mean, there's a phony war for the first year. Yeah. So he would have been essentially 36 when things kicked off. Mm-hmm. 37 in, in, the, in the Battle of Britain. Yeah. Fairly fight. old for a fighter pilot. But he was like, yeah, reactions of a cat. Lightning fast. Okay. All you have to do in a plane is sit down and hold a joystick. It's very easy to do. Very, very simple. Especially especially in a war situation. Yeah. Um, a lot of times they say, oh, you know, the, or the, oh we all have, you know, now we're in the field of human conflict, so it's been owned by so many, so few. Mm. Rubbish. Yeah. All you got to do, as we all know, John, is sit in a Spitfire. It's very simple. It's like an Atari. You just got a little joystick there with a fire button. And, you know, no harm can befall you. You clown. It's like the most dangerous, complicated job in the world. Go on. The funeral, which took place in Adelaide, Australia, was halted after a 90-foot red ball descended from the sky and sucked up the coffin of the flying ace. Police have been informed, but until the coffin is returned, we can't grieve properly, said great-grandson Peter Paul Hogan. (laughs) 28. What we've got there... Right. ...is what I think is a case of something... That's been watching us for a long, long time. Yeah. It's kept an eye on the, the brightest people, the, the scientists, the heroes, the strongest people, the most interesting people on the planet. The ones with the fastest propeller. Yeah. And it wants to take them because it can use the information they can give us uh, to learn. But it knows that taking someone whilst they're alive from this plane of existence is wrong. It's kidnap. So I think it's been respectful. Do you think they care? I think they do. And I think it's been... So body snatching's right, though, is it? That's also a crime. <laughs> but it's a different type of crime. Because what they've done is they've let him live a long and fruitful life. Who's to say that he, did, he wasn't in cahoots with him? If he flew a plane in World War II, who's to say that he didn't fly it so fast and so high that he went up to space already and had met them and had done a deal Foo with Fighters. The Foo Fighters, exactly. not the band, of course. World War Two. Mike, explain a little bit about Foo Fighters. Well, Foo Fighters in World War Two is when uh, it was a nickname given by Allied uh, pilots to strange lights in the sky, yeah. often that followed planes and were seen around dogfights. Yeah. Foo Fighters, which people nowadays, not people in the UFO community, think that they might have been, uh, well, they were UFOs by definition, they were unidentified flying objects, yeah. but they think they might have been of, uh, of an alien persuasion. So with this story, how real do you think that is? How tangible is that? Well, how how real do I think that a 112-year-old pilot was snatched from his coffin by a 90-foot glowing red globe? I think that's fairly unlikely. He wasn't snatched from his coffin. The coffin was taken. It hasn't been returned since. Right, OK. So let's say you agree on that first case study straight away. Go on then, John. If that makes you happy, let's say, let's say I agree on that one. OK. Should we delve back into the big book? Oh, please do. Ten-year-old flies spaceship to school. <laughs> Such a book. 
A ten-year-old boy in Somerset has become the first person in the world to successfully capture and secure a UFO. Name? Ten-year-old Leonard Rossiter of No Fixed Abode, Somerset. <laughs> this is a kid, this is a kid. By the way, if you're under 30, th these references <laughs> may be lost on Yeah, if you live in the UK and you watch telly between sort of 74 to about 81... Or repeats. Or repeats, you'd know... That was funny. This is this is a boy's this is, sorry, life. This is not funny. This is, we're talking about a young lad's this life. This is a boy's life we're talking about here. Ten-year-old flies spaceship to school. A ten-year-old boy in Somerset has become the first person in the world to successfully capture and secure a UFO. Ten-year-old Leonard Rossiter. Ten-year-old Leonard Rossiter of no fixed abode, Somerset, claims he shot the craft from the sky using an air gun borrowed from a friend. And after a brief tussle with the three-foot-high, grey-skinned inhabitants, took control of the craft and made it his own. Mm. I sent them packing and told them on no uncertain terms that I would stand for this. They seemed to understand... <laughs> He's fast-spoken for telling me. I think they had a bigger ship in the woods which took them home. Anyway, it's mine now and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, it's mine now and I love it. Rossiter's oh. mother had no comments at the time. This is the British version of Flight of the Navigator, but I, I, prefer, yeah. I prefer this version. So this is I prefer this version. This is, this is what happens when you take the Disney out of these films. Yeah. You're this left with the gritty, happened. real stories. So this story, for people who are outside of the UK, Somerset is, is not far from Wales at all. It's no, no, close. no, it's the West Country, uh, yeah. We're Glastonbury. Yeah, you've heard um, of Glastonbury. You've heard of the Glastonbury Music Festival. Bristol and Bath and those places. So the place is familiar Stonehenge, with... Stonehenge, of course. Stonehenge. So we know this Stonehenge. We have ley lines. We have mystical power sources. We have a lot of people on acid. We have a lot of tie-dye t-shirts. We have a lot of people who are free thinkers, liberals. Mm. This 10-year-old boy has a completely normal life. He goes to school. He... <clears throat> According to the facts, has Doesn't, no fixed boat. They yeah. live in probably a cabin in the woods, or but they might. Uh, perhaps some other plays a penny whistle. They go, they busk, they go around the streets collecting money. They could be entertainers. They could be circus people. They could be simple travellers. They could just choose to live outside. Some people do. Why not? Some people don't like living indoors. Free spirit. He's a completely normal guy, and he's just living his life like any other ten-year-old. Probably. Surely, what's happened here is is the government are constantly watching the skies. The government are always out there. They are. Not watching just us through computers, no. but they're they're constantly alert. And Surveillance. Like, Roswell, for example, they they got one and they've kept it. Twenty four hours a day. Okay. They know we're being watched. They've spent so long trying to um, capture another one, especially in Britain, because if we had one as well, then we could set them up to on a date or something. So I think the fact that a ten year old boy has managed to beat the system using just an air gun that he fair borrowed from someone. Fair play to Lenny. That. That surely is groundbreaking. You you cannot deny that the lights seen in this sky were not just, um, like you said, a low-flying helicopter or a meteorite or something like that. I mean, we've got a boy here who flies a spaceship to school every day now. I mean, generally unbelievable. I mean, it really is. That, that, what you just said there hasn't changed my opinion one iota, but what did change my opinion about a few things was the actual episode you were talking about. Mm. People have to tune in and find out, won't they? So, The Night of the Triangles that we studied, mm. Series 3 of The Unexplainers, Episode 4. This is probably one of my favourite episodes, if not my favourite episode. Okay. And that story I've just told you is up there with that? I think the Lena Roster story is less strong. Okay. One more, I think one more before we go, just to, just to give people that who, who haven't quite heard the new series yet, they haven't sucked it all in yet. This is either priming you for the new series, mm. or it's giving you a bonus to what you've, you've learnt already. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This is good. Man's eyes turn into UFOs. 
A series of strange lights above Glasgow left one man with the world's rarest medical condition. No eyes. 58-year-old Michael Hubbins. Good name. Go on. Of Southside, Glasgow. Southside, yeah? Mm. It's a, okay. uh, Southside is a built-up area in Glasgow. Okay. It's on the edge. Not, a lot, not even a lot of Glaswegians know about it. It's a smaller built-up area on the okay. edge of Glasgow. What did Hubbins say? Call police repeatedly claiming strange lights had been floating around his home between March 3rd and April 11th, 1978. Oh, I was six then. On investigation, police found Hubbins naked and screaming. Hubbins refused to open his eyes. Upon forced opening, police were shocked to see both balls radiating a white light. Shortly afterwards, they shot out into the night sky. Hubbins, who now resides in Jamaica, claims it was aliens and urges the public not to look up. So this is someone in 1978 saw some strange lights in the sky, which we've all seen. Mm. All of us have seen strange lights in the sky. Yeah. He spent so much time looking at them. Right. From what I can figure out, they light travels faster than, than anything that we know of. Well Speed done, John. of light. Yes. They have managed to send the light from the sky into his eyes, mm. which then made him take off all of his clothes, mm. lie on the floor screaming... Yeah. Then when he opened his eyes, they'd take it over his eyes and they flew off into Who's space. Who's they? Who's they? The UFOs. The spaceships. The monsters. The ghoulies. Well, well you've lost me. Both eyeballs. Right. Imagine it like this. <clears throat> Your eye receives light, okay? Mm. I'm from another planet. I want to take you over. What's the best way to get into you? Light. So this craft has flown above him. It's used light to penetrate his eyes. It's gone into his eyes. It's filled his eyes with light. It's made him take off all his clothes, lie on the floor screaming. The police have then had to force his eyes open because he's refused to open because he knew. And when he's opened them, they've escaped with his knowledge. And they've taken it to their planet. Very similar to the case of the World War II flying ace. But in this case, hostile aliens haven't waited for him to die. They've just taken his eyes. Because once you've got someone's eyes, you can see all the things they have ever seen. Can you? Yeah. That's good. Though. I didn't realise they, they had they had a memory. Yeah. Thought they very much just sort of focused light onto the retina. Yeah. What do you think about that case study? Michael Hubbins. Mm. 1978 that happened. Michael Hubbins. Yeah, in Glasgow. Mm. Believable? No, I, I, I'm on the fence with that one. Okay. And by on the fence, I mean I don't believe it at all. Why do you not believe that at all? If after what we saw investigating the Night of the Triangles convinced you so much, which I won't mention what it was because people have to listen to the new episode, mm. why is that story not convincing you? Because this one bears no resemblance whatsoever to the story that we investigated. Lights in the sky? And that is, literally the, the, that is literally the only thing similar. A, a person saw the lights in the sky, it was reported to the police. Night of the Triangles, someone saw lights, it was reported to the police. Right. Again, I don't want to spoil it for people. I won't but, say anything but, else. But nothing else in your story happened in this story not my story story uh, story from the net the, the one that you've discovered on the internet from the yeah. internet yeah or my cabin's there okay so overall after all the case studies we've been through mm. on a scale of 1 to 10 how much have I changed your mind from being a non-believer to a believer with just these three stories let's have a quick recap give me a quick recap of each one uh, Michael Hubbins yeah uh, his eyes turned to turned into UFOs yeah um, there was a kid uh, young Lena Rossiter, the ten-year-old kid, flying a spaceship to school, that he shot down with air gun. And the first one, I think I've already started blanking out. What was the first one? Oh yeah, the 112-year-old pilot who got taken up in his coffin by, by a strange red globe in Australia, who was the great-grandfather of a chap called Peter Paul Hogan. 
yeah. Um, those three stories haven't changed my my mind one iota. I mean, I was going to one to ten. That's a zero. That's actually below one. Yeah. So you're less of a believer now. Slightly less. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yes, there we go, John. If, if people are want to, um, why wouldn't you want to know more after that? Because uh, you know it, that was absolute gold. Um, then series three, episode three of the Unexplainers. Yeah. Uh, is on BBC Radio Wales. Uh, did UFOs invade Swansea? Yeah. Um, available online. Check out the BBC website. Um, BBC Radio Wales broadcasting it. Um, you can also check out our website. Um, if you Google the if you Google the Unexplainers, it's all there, isn't it? Yeah. You know. It's all there. Did UFOs invade Swansea? You'll have to find out for yourself. Until then... You notice you know, I didn't jump in there and say no. And normally I would just go, no, 50, point 50. blank. I didn't do that. It's 50, and there's 50, a reason for that. There's a reason, which we won't go into. But if you listen to the show, you'll, you'll know. If you've heard the show already, then this will just enhance your belief system. If you haven't heard the show, it will also enhance your belief system. Yeah. In a different time scale. Well done. Thank you. The Unexplainers Extra! Right, John, let's do a trailer, come on. Okay, here we go. The Demon Seed is happening. It's now. It's here. It's about to open your mind to a whole new world of paranormal existence, mysteries, intrigue. Yeah. Well, it's just that. It's, it's yeah. things that, you know, it's you talking about things that can't be explained. Yeah. And then me, me explaining them. Unlike any other show that's been done, especially mm-hmm. between the two of us ever. Oh, yeah, nothing like anything we've done previously. If you want to waste half an hour, then just just, just click the link that will take you to this thing. And it, and it might be longer than that. Yeah. And, and it might be shorter than that. Yeah. But it'll, be, it'll be around that, that length of time. I've got it. I've got it. Go on. I haven't got much on. Listen to the Demon Seed. Yeah. And that's it. That's Walk it. in the dog. Listen, listen to, the to the Demon Seed. seed. And we can do it together. Yeah, yeah. So. Walk in the dog. Listen, listen to, to the Demon Seed. Listen to the Demon Seed. Washing up. There we go. Listen, listen to the to demon, demon seed. seed. Paint on the wall. Listen, to, listen. To the demon seed. Seed. Um, I haven't. Got, I don't know many people. Listen to the listen demon, to the demon seed. seed. Um, um, don't don't like mixing. I want to stay in tonight. Listen to the listen demon, to the demon seed. seed. Um, you've been no, kicked uh, up by your missus because she yeah. found out you've been fiddling next door. Uh, you live sleeping the in the car. Yeah. Listen, listen to the demon to seed. The seed. Um, uh, had a power cut and I haven't got anything to do. Listen. But your yeah. earbuds still work because your phone yeah. was charged up. Yes. Listen yes. to the demon Listen seed. Listen to the demon seed. Um, car broken down on the side of a motorway. Listen. L- no, no, no. Be careful with that. Okay. Because you've got to be aware of traffic and stuff. All right, how about this? How about this? Car broken down on the side of the motorway. Safely gone behind the barrier on the hard shoulder away from the car and called the authorities. And then. Listen. Listen to the demon to seed. The demon seed. Yeah. That is a good Cross, trailer. Crossing the road. Don't listen to the demon. Press pause. Yeah. Cross get the road the safely. Side. Yeah, get to the other side. And Go then... Go the pavement again. Listen to the demon seed. The demon seed, yeah. Um, what other things are Go there? Go on an hour-long walk. Listen to the demon listen seed. To but then the last sort of 15 minutes plus... Just listen just to bird song. To nature. Listen to, yeah, just listen to bird song. You miss out a lot sometimes by, by having headphones on. You miss out yeah. a lot. Worried about being asked for spare change by... Homeless people. Listen to the demon seed. Listen to the demon seed. Listen to the demon seed. Yeah. Or pretend. Uh, just just pretend. Listen to the demon seed. Yeah. Classic. On a train, uh, looking out the window. Yeah. Listen to the. In, in a quiet carriage, seat. make sure it's very quiet. Yeah. You don't want none of this. Although we haven't got any drummer bass in the demon seed. No, we can. I can get some in. I'm working on a track at the moment, actually. Well, don't because it'll. Yeah. That's true. Might ruin it. Trains in it. Okay. 
All right. Well, I think we've given them a good, a pretty, pretty good roundup of what to, how to use. Well, producer reset a punchy fifteen seconds, so that that's, that should nail it. That's right in there. That is top of the charts. That, that was perfect. Well done. Brilliant. 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 Uh, thanks, Reese. No problem. Producer Reese, though. I like the way the standards are so low. That was. If you if you producer Reese, you know, listen to the demon scene. You'll have to because he's doing the edit. Yeah. <laughs> 